，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Taiwan's order of 66 F-16Bs from the U.S. has hit delays. The defense minister says that due to the pandemic's impact on supply chains, the first jets won't be produced until the third quarter of 2024. That means Taiwan must wait until 2025 to receive the first batch. But the minister says the U.S. will still deliver all 66 new jets by 2026 as originally scheduled. Taiwan has also requested compensation for the delays. The first of 66 F-16Vs that Taiwan ordered from the U.S. was originally set to be produced the fourth quarter of this year, but assembly was pushed back to the third quarter of 2024. Defense Minister Chou Guozhen says the delay won't affect the plan for delivering all 66 jets by the end of 2026. Taiwan also requested compensation for the delay, he said. We have asked the U.S. to make up for the delay in several ways. For example, by giving us priority in the provision of F-16 parts, we also need to increase the availability rate of our fighter jets. All in all, we expect to take delivery of the full order before the end of 2026. China has continued to send warplanes to harass Taiwan. With the F-16Vs delayed, some fear vulnerabilities in Taiwan's air defense. We will only start receiving the jets in the second half of 2025. Until then, will that leave gaps in our air defenses? We won't be sitting idle during the wait period. The Air Force will carry out training and planning in accordance to its schedule. In the third quarter next year, they will ship a one-seater and a two-seater. That's two planes. Three countries have placed orders for the model, including us, but we have a top priority. The ministry confirmed that the U.S. will provide Taiwan with four MQ-9B drones. It said delivery was slated for 2025 and that pilots have already been sent to the U.S. for training. The ministry also commented on China's recent deployment of armed drones near Taiwan. The only thing we can do besides monitor the situation is to not let them cross into our territory. If we have no choice but to make a move, we will do so. Cho said the military has been reconsidering its deployment of forces on the east coast after China's Shandong aircraft carrier was spotted in the area. He said Taiwan was preparing for a war in which attacks could come from any direction. Turning now to the U.S. defense contractors who are now on their fourth day in Taiwan. The delegation toured an artificial intelligence cybersecurity giant this morning before holding closed-door talks with local drone parts manufacturers. After the meeting, a Taiwanese drone assembler said that currently many key parts used by the domestic drone industry are purchased from the U.S. The goal now is to make those essential parts right by home by engaging in technology transfers and industrial collaborations with the U.S. Over the past week, the U.S. contractors visited a rocket technology company in Miaoli and attended a defense industry forum. They also stopped by the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology and met local companies in AI cybersecurity and drone development. 
On Thursday, Taiwan's defense minister rejected speculation that the group was in Taiwan to sell weapons. He said the contractors had not made any request on his ministry and that he himself had not met them for talks. The FDA has revealed plans to lift its bans on two pesticides found in Japanese strawberries. The two pesticides are banned in Taiwan but commonly used in Japan. Taiwan farmers are up in arms. They fear that easing restrictions on Japanese imports would hurt the domestic strawberry industry. The FDA is expected to formally announce the policy within two weeks with implementation set for July. Dong Dong Donkey in Ximending and Costco's Neihu branch were recently found to have Japanese strawberries with excessive pesticide residue. Now the FDA plans to ease its standards. Japanese strawberries are making headlines after the FDA found pesticide-containing fruit on store shelves and launched recalls. But in a surprise turn, the FDA says it may lift its ban on the pesticides flunicamid and chlorphenopia at Japan's request. We don't use those pesticides in Taiwan, so we had never set allowable residue limits. But then Japan filed an application in accordance with our regulations. Experts assessed these pesticides, and they say those pesticides are similar to ones ingested by domestic consumers. Similar pesticides are present in Taiwan, so we need to set allowable residue limits for those two. The news has angered farmers in Dahu, a major strawberry production site in Miaoli. If the government allows those two pesticides, flonicamid and clofenopure, it would be doing an injustice to the farmers of Taiwan. If you allow the pesticides, you would be doing great harm to Taiwan's consumers and, and strawberry farmers. I urge the government to reconsider. The main issue with these pesticides is their pre-harvest interval. It's more than two weeks. They are considered to be moderately toxic pesticides. Taiwan can't use those pesticides, but imports will be allowed to? That's a double standard. Doctors and experts say the government must carefully assess its decision's health impact on the public. The government should also conduct a comprehensive review of Taiwan's strawberry pesticide regulations, they say, instead of focusing on any one country's imports. In response to climate change and global trends, we need to conduct a comprehensive review insofar as possible, instead of just targeting Japanese strawberries. Chlorphenopure is moderately toxic. In animal experiments, it has been found that in large quantities, this pesticide increases the risk of cancer. Before a policy decision is made, there should be communication. The government should explain the policy to the public. The FDA says it may formally announce the policy within two weeks. The policy will be subject to a 60-day comment period and be implemented as early as July. The global precision medicine market is skyrocketing at a compound annual rate of 10%. It's expected to be worth 381 billion U.S. dollars by 2025. To help Taiwan tap into the market, the National Biotechnology Research Park held a matchmaking event that brought together top players in industry, academia and the government. Let's hear from some of them. Targeted therapies like cell therapy and gene therapy are becoming increasingly diverse. They are, of course, also offering more hope to patients. I think that Taiwan can become a hub for precision medicine against cancer in the Asia-Pacific. The Taiwan market is not big enough, so the industry has to expand overseas. 
What does science do? Most importantly, it brings happiness to humanity. How can it do that? You can have many ideas in your mind, but if you can't turn them into products, they are useless. Almost 50 biomedicine companies and research teams set up shop at the event, which drew more than 500 companies and investors from the Taiwan and abroad. Also at the event, the Development Center for Biotechnology, the National Laboratory Animal Center, and more than 10 biotech and pharmaceutical companies offered nearly 100 jobs vacancies. They hope to recruit talent in innovation and R&D, as well as the future stars of the biotech sector. The 18th Venice Biennale of Architecture will be held from May 20th to November 26. This year, artists from Taiwan will be showcasing the country's unique landscapes and stories. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a preview. For this year's Venice Biennale of Architecture, students and faculty from five universities went to iconic Taiwanese locations, an oyster farm in Jai, greenhouses and tea plantations in Lisan. They created a sweeping landscape of replica buildings that will be on display at the Taiwan Pavilion. In the early days, people regarded architecture as a finished product. When you buy a house, you think of it as a commodity. Through our findings from the field investigation, we discovered a hidden possibility for architecture. Architecture needs a kind of translation. We need to translate the very local language into something that everyone can understand so that we can communicate with people. I wanted to explore the characteristics of Taiwanese architecture. The theme of this year's Taiwan Pavilion is diachronic apparatus of Taiwan, architecture as ongoing details within landscape. The pavilion shows how the Taiwanese use their knowledge and technology to build diverse buildings to improve the environment. Recorded audio and video of the sounds of Taiwan's natural environment will be played in the exhibition space. The exhibition was a collaboration between five different schools, Donghai University, National Tenggong University, Tamkang University, Fengjia University, and Zhongren Christian University. They conducted very professional field surveys. They went deep into the surroundings of Taiwan to collect information on buildings and did a lot of research and seminars before building this project. For the first time, these unique landscapes that sprung up from Taiwan's history are being used as the basis for thinking about the future of architecture. For the first time, we are presenting the creative works of students and teachers from five schools. This is also our first Venice Biennale of Architecture since the pandemic. The Venice Biennale of Architecture will be held from May 20th till November 26th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Gokai in Taipei. As expected, the U.S. Federal Reserve raised rates for the 10th time in a row on Wednesday. Interest rates are now at their highest since 2007. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said there was no decision yet on whether to pause the rate hike cycle. The remark sent U.S. stocks on a slide with all four major indexes closing lower on Wednesday. Pause was not made today. Uh, you will have noticed that uh, in the, in the uh, statement from March, we had a sentence that said the committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate. That sentence is, is not in, in the statement anymore. We took that out. Inflation has moderated somewhat since the middle of last year. Nonetheless, inflation pressures continue to run high, and the process of getting inflation back down to 
has a long way to go. I think what the Federal Reserve will do next will be to pause on further interest rate increases and observe the economy. It doesn't mean we're necessarily finished with interest rate hikes this cycle, but they may go one or two or three months or even through the entire summer. On Thursday, Taiwan stocks opened cautiously but picked up momentum as the session went on. The Taiex rose 55 points or 0.36 percent to close at 15,609 points on trading volume of 201 billion NT dollars. The growth of artificial intelligence has taken off in the last year or two. AI text generator ChatGPT is already changing the way texts are written. And AI tools are producing images and even musics that are disturbing the status quo of many industries. Many people are concerned about the loss of jobs that may result from AI replacing humans. But Taiwan Tech professor Ted Luo says that instead of fearing the change, we should embrace it. Let's take a look at AI and the changing landscape of employment. You've heard of ChatGPT. It's the AI chatbot tool that can write everything from research papers to songs. Well, it has now passed the U.S. medical licensing exam. The world is entering the age of AI. It's not uncommon for the AI program ChatGPT to pass professional exams using its vast database and learning algorithms. Many expect it to replace human workers in the near future. Tech giant IBM has been the first to announce that 7,800 of its jobs in non-customer-facing positions will soon be filled by AI. Most are in human resources. The company has temporarily frozen hiring in that department. Translation of documents, for example, in customer services, anything that can be standardized and repetitive work will probably all be transformed in some form in this wave. A World Economic Forum survey found that AI has already had a massive impact on the global job market. Analysts predict that as many as 1.4 million jobs could disappear within five years. That's 2% of the global workforce. The first jobs to go will be in data input, secretarial roles, and customer services. The easiest jobs to automate are standardized and repetitive. This song was almost entirely created by AI. You can give ChatGPT a few key words, and it will produce the lyrics for the verses and chorus. An AI music program can compose the rest if you just tell it what voices to use and the genre. If AI is good at something and you're not, you can rely on the AI to help you grow, right? But that's exactly what I mean by feeding it to gain. You feed it some data, and you gain from it some data you want. Rather than fearing it will change us, let us change first. It's clear that as AI expands, it will take over some jobs in the future, but other sectors will grow. Forecasts predict that AI management roles for data security experts, analysts and scientists will grow by 30%. Asia's largest cruise ship, the MSC Bellisma, sailed into Jilong port on Thursday, carrying some 5,000 Japanese tourists. The giant luxury ship docked for 10 hours at the northern port city, allowing passengers to see sites including Zhoufen, the National Palace Museum and Taipei 101. Cruise ships made a comeback in Taiwan last quarter after a one-year suspension due to the pandemic. A colossal ship is docked at Geelong Port. It's none other than the MSC Bellissima, Asia's largest cruise liner. Oh, so 
It's got a grand hall adorned with 60,000 Austrian crystals, an 80-meter-long shopping boulevard, giant water slides, and a variety of sports facilities. The 172,000-ton, 315-meter-long MSC Bellissima boasts 19 decks, 2,217 cabins, and balconies in every room. Ah, the ship docked at 7 in the morning with more than 5,000 Japanese passengers eager to explore. With only 10 hours in Geelong, they rushed to soak in the sights and savor the eats. After the Japanese passengers disembarked, most of them met up with local tour guides for independent itineraries, but some of them booked travel agencies and chartered tour buses that will take them to various places. The buses here are headed for different places. Some are going to Jingshan and Jofen, others are bound for the National Palace Museum, and some are even going to the Taipei 101. Port authorities estimate that this year alone, Taiwan will see 176 cruise ships with some 570,000 passengers, who could bring 30 billion NT in tourism revenue. Officials say it's full steam ahead for the cruise ship economy. Postular psoriasis is a rare immune-mediated systemic skin disorder that causes postules all over the body and fever for patients. That was the case for 28-year-old Mrs. Lee, who was left bedridden due to the pain from her illness. After seeking treatment, she was able to resume a normal life within days and has not had any fare-ups since. Let's hear her story. This is Miss Lee, a 28-year-old with pustular psoriasis. Six years ago, she started developing pustules and ulcers all over her body. The simple act of walking caused her skin to tear, making it difficult for her to get around. At its worst, the disease left her bedridden and unable to work for a week. At its worst, I had pustules and red blotches all over my body, below my neck, on my abdomen, and on my lower body. Whenever I moved with clothes on, my wounds would tear up and pus and blood would start to flow. It felt as if needles were piercing me, and I felt their sting whenever I moved. The pain was so intense that taking painkillers was useless. I also had a high fever, which reached 38 to 39 degrees. After receiving a special biological therapy agent treatment, her pustules were completely eliminated within a week, and she was able to return to the workplace and live a normal life. I got a shot at the end of last year, and I haven't had a breakout yet. I haven't even had a breakout when I'm on my period. Even if I'm out in the sun, get bitten by mosquitoes, or on my period, it doesn't flare up. Generalized pustular psoriasis is a rare immune-mediated systemic skin disorder that causes pustules around the body. The disease occurs in adults aged 30 to 60 with a higher incidence in women. Typical symptoms include pustules, skin redness, and peeling, and can often be accompanied by pain, fever, and fatigue. If left untreated, it can give rise to severe complications, including heart, lung, and kidney organ failure. The main symptom of generalized postular psoriasis is acute postules on the skin. There may also be a rash and peeling skin. 
It may cause fever, fatigue, and even pain. The patient's lifestyle is an important factor that can prevent and control the disease. Many of our patients have genetic mutations, for example, mutations in the IL-36 gene. Postular psoriasis can also arise from drugs or pregnancy. Until recently, postular psoriasis lacked treatments tailored specifically to the disease. Doctors say advancements are being made. We found that using regular medicines to treat the disease was very difficult. It's not that the medicines were not effective. It's that very high dosages were required in order to make treatments effective. Over the past few years, we have gradually introduced biological agents, which we have found effective at treating the condition. Over this past year, we've been using drugs that can specifically target the inflammatory substance interleukin-36 in the gene to control the disease. At present, we are drafting guidelines for shared decision-making between the doctors and the patient as well as treatment guidelines. We hope to provide patients and doctors with a better understanding of this condition so that they can better know how to treat this disease. Doctors suggest keeping an eye out for skin redness and peeling, pain, fever and fatigue. If any such symptoms arise, patients are advised to seek medical attention for a diagnosis. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. About 100 fans of the sci-fi series Star Wars gathered at the Taipei Performance Arts Center on Thursday to celebrate Star Wars Day, also known as May the 4th. Many fans showed up in full regalia, dressed up as their favorite characters. There are Princess Leia's, Yoda's, and Darth Vader's of all kinds, all armed with glowing lightsabers. Some cosplayers said they took the day off work just for the occasion. Also in attendance was DPP lawmaker Chen Yunpeng, who did not get the memo and dressed up as Zhuge Kongming from the Japanese manga series Yaboi Kongming. Over in Kaohsiung, Mayor Chen Qimai posted a photo on social media of himself dressed up as Jedi.